This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 417 being recorded on September 14th. 2016, I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Valentano. It has been requested of me in a couple specific instances that I slow down in my talking and videos sometimes. So everybody listening to this on audio... Ain't nobody that. got time for that. If you listen to this on a oh, podcast... Just hit that 1.5x button. Hit the... No, no. Hit, <laughs> hit point the 0.75x. Oh. Yeah. Point Provide five them X, a right? 0.75 button and they're fine. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see no problem. That'll with do it. I YouTube just, also has those. Does YouTube? Oh, yeah. They go down. They go down too. Yeah, it, okay, it's also yeah. slows down. You know, it's yep. really funny because somebody was complaining about how I was diligent <laughs> and slow <laughs> when yeah, talking about process technology. That's more about the content and not the speed. It's actually more I, about <laughs> Josh. Josh's filter for for obscenities takes a little bit of extra processing time. Sure. So, so it slows down. Yeah, his there are actually words in those pauses. It's just ones he's not saying. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, muted after the fact. <laughs> the uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, for those people who uh, are interested, there I am. <laughs> if you go to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/pcper, there is a church update part one video that I posted yesterday, day before yesterday. Gives you a quick walkthrough of the space. Um, only thing that has changed between now and then is that one of the the big room now is painted. Thank God. Um, and uh, more painting to go. Not not any, nothing dramatic on it. But if you're curious about what the church project looks like and how a storage room compares to a studio room compares to uh, weird closet with a, a weird one way mirror, one way window. One way <laughs> how about that back office where you, you lock know. your kids? Uh, it's probably what I'll end up doing is replacing the carpet. The only thing I like about that back room is it's very dark. Like the 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 carpet that's in there is very deep red, like d- deep maroon brown. Which back? Which the room? only room in? The oh, oh, that back office. <laughs> yeah, you know the one with the leather couch. That's maroon Black carpet. I didn't even notice. It's like dark brown or maroon or something yeah. like that. And then yeah. it's got it's the only thing that's drywalled in up top. It's the only thing that's like not a drop ceiling. Yep. And then it has one like uh, contractor grade uh, light on the ceiling. And it's really dark in there, so we'll we'll put some more lights in there. But there'll some probably track be where, lighting in there. Yeah, it'll probably be nice. where two things go: one, futon for Ryan to take naps; two, uh, to- like a TV and and like a Roku or Netflix or some kind of streaming box like that for my daughter to like watch TV on when she's over there and stuff. So I mean, you don't have any displays, so no, no, we don't have any monitors or anything. So we'll have to we'll have to struggle to find anything like that. Uh, Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, which is the date and time. Well, it's the time and the day, but not the date with which we record the show at PCPro.com slash live. And you can come join us there and hang out in the chat room and watch the the pre-show, post-show banter if you like. (laughs) If you go to PCPro.com slash subscribe, 
Uh, you can get this little page here that asks for your name and your email address. And we basically, it's a notifications list from wherever you do live streams. Uh, most of the time, it's just a weekly podcast. Every once in a while, we have other people like Tom or people from AMD or MSI or Asus, wherever that come in and join us. Uh, and we'll let you know about those streaming events as well. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe one day in the future, there'll be another like 12 hour live stream. You just don't know. Well, no, but you've got a cot now. You can make it 24. We could just live stream moving <laughs> right. into yeah. the other. We'll take a nap in the back and come back in. If we, if we get internet in time, yeah, <laughs> we could live stream moving into the, into the thing. And by live streaming, I mean put up a drop cam yeah. and send it uh, to people to that URL. You know what? We're too late. We should have put that up before we painted. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sure, but There's GoPro. only so many butt crack it would have pictures to be video. that we can stand. Sure. It would have to be video yeah. only, though. I don't. I don't know. I don't want people just like yeah, just to like stop motion video. Yeah, like, whatever. I don't want. Uh, I don't want to hear what I'm saying all the time. Uh, and a quick reminder: it looks like we have uh, just a few hours left on uh, that raffle that we started last week uh, for my sister-in-law Amy. If you go to ooh, what was that URL? PCPer.com slash Amy wasn't it? Help Amy help slash Amy. Help oh, Amy. Yeah. Yes, thank you. PCPer.com slash help Amy takes you to this page here uh, where we have a raffle where we are giving away an EVGA GTX 1080. Uh, if you contribute to Amy's GoFundMe campaign, we had a huge response over the last week from, from people, and it's super awesome, and I, I'm incredibly appreciative to everybody uh, for that. Uh, and uh, you've got a few hours left if you missed it last week and still want to enter in. Help out help out my sister-in-law with their uh, – Bull crap they have to deal with uh, with a 30-year-old woman getting breast cancer uh, and then also for your chance to win a, a GTX 1080. So thank you guys very much for that. So um, let's see. Old man Ryan Trout laying down on the job. Now it's more – I'm just reading the chat here. It's oh. more like uh, uh, you get away from the house, right? I would often come here very tired. It's like, well, I, I can't go home. So I'd lay down, recline one of these chairs. It's not very comfortable, but a futon would be good. I think that may be counterproductive in the long run. Yeah, be a bad yeah. trend to set. So, yep. Uh, I'll just set up a, an electric shock in there for an alarm system every four hours or so. Yeah, great. <laughs> and he's up and going again. Great. Problem uh, solved. So need that uh, for myself. Again, actually. this week, if you want to contribute to the Patreon campaign. That we have that would be awesome. Patreon.com slash PCPer. But if you're new and you want to uh, contribute to the GoFundMe for my sister-in-law, Amy, that's fine. Um, however, if you are a new contributor, you increase your contribution. We read your name on the on the show, of course. Uh, and we have a new pledge for $3 from <sighs> na- <laughs> Naked Josh Walrath, Calmly Glistening in the Moonlight. <laughs> you had to scroll down for that. Three dollars. Why does that, that feel that you type that much? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Not that you're nobody's <laughs> name should be that long. No one's name has eight spaces in it. Uh, and then uh, we have another pledge for three dollars for Josh Tech sponsor nine nine eight. I don't know that. What's I don't know. Why wouldn't it be nine nine nine? That's the next one. Oh, okay. No. I was gonna say he, he needs to raise it, or maybe that's already taken. <laughs> Josh Tech sponsor nine nine eight is uh, it was already taken. I don't know, but thank you guys, thank you guys very much for that. Uh, all right, let's get into some uh, news reviews items here. Uh, this is really this is really the week of Sebastian and other people. It's not. I don't have any articles on here. I don't think Alan has any articles on no, here. I don't. I don't think Josh has any articles on here. No. I don't know why the hell. Why are we having a podcast? Any of you guys are even on the podcast. 
Jeremy at least wrote some news posts, I think, wow. that are on here. Um, I deny everything. Yeah, that's fair. I've been uh, reworking our storage testing, so it's hopefully... Hopefully no. our next story... What is that doing for that for the past 18 months? No, like, what does that no, do like for it's here? actually like... There's actually tests running over there on the new thing now. Um, I, but, I've been doing you know. some high colonics uh, <laughs> nightly for Great. a cleanse. Great. That takes up a lot of my time. So our first review, the Silverstone Strider, 850-watt platinum power supply. Lee, sticking to it, uh, going through these power supply reviews. Um, this is a... looks like... Uh, earlier in the year, we looked at the 700-watt variance. There's not a lot of changes here, obviously, other than the uh, output, as you might imagine from the numerical change. Uh, still fairly narrow power supply, 140 millimeters deep is all mm-hmm. for this, for, seven, for I'm sorry, 850-watt platinum series power Barely supply. Barely enough for the fan. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. 100% modular cables, 120-millimeter cooling fan, uh, fluid dynamic bearing fan. Um that is and, funny. Usually uh, there's like 140s in those. They had to drop it to a 120 because... Just to fit yep. it. Yeah. yeah. It turns out you can't have the fan go completely edge to edge <laughs> in it. You know, hey, you know, yeah. maybe they'll figure that out. Uh, I always like to look at this. 70.9 amps on the 12-volt rail. Good Lord, that's a lot of amps. So, you know, there you, you go. 12-volt, too. Yeah, yeah. 22 amps on 5 volts. That seems yeah. like a lot. That is a lot for 5, for five volts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, this is a, another kind of – Silverstone's power supplies have been exceptionally good for a very long time. I think um, when SLI was first becoming a thing again, there were two power supply vendors that were SLI certified, PC Power and Cooling yep. and Silverstone. I believe those are the only two at the outset. For that. It gives you a, a – not, not indicative of this power supply obviously because that was a long time ago, but it gives you an idea of how long Silverstone has been in the game uh, of of doing power supplies, and they've been doing right. I think almost all of my test beds when I was working out of the only my house in the office were all Silverstone units, only because the PC power and cooling power supplies were so loud. I well, couldn't no. stand having them in there. I think I had one that I used for like quad SLI testing only type of thing. It's like a hair dryer. And yeah, it was yeah. it was like running a yeah, hair dryer. It's like the older PC power and cooling. Oh, yeah. They had the dual fans in there. That's exactly what you're talking on. about. I'm talking about oh, wait. the PC oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> and, and even the Silencer series was not exactly silent. Yeah, I never understood except that. Except apart from all their other power supplies. It was. It should have been called, like, the Quieter series. <laughs> yes. Like, Quieter and in parentheses relative to the other ones. We, we actually make. tried to make this one quiet yeah. this time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a very but I don't care how bad the power you feed us is. We will run it that cap. correctly. That's a yeah. big old cap. What is that uh, as I say, 400 volts, 680 microfarads. For a minute, I, I thought you said, yeah. look at the size of that cat. Yeah, I was worried. That's a big, well, you know, big cat in that picture on my computer screen. Chemicon. Uh, is that what you use as your background image these days, Josh? Uh, no. <sighs> um, so uh, the, this is the, the Strider series also has... From Silverstone, they have 1,000 and 1,200-watt variants if you need more power than this, but um, they do not have the same very compact chassis, which I, I assume is acceptable for a 1,000-watt unit. But for 850 watts, it is on the you know the power supplies. The prices are – how do we describe these? They're not high, 
they're just higher, right? Yeah. Like it's not quiet. It was quieter. Right. So this is – they're, they're higher than, than, than I think a lot of people are used to. But it's pretty high-grade stuff. But so. we're looking at platinum-level yeah. cert, right? So if you go down to 80-plus, what's the bare – what's the minimum cert? Is that bronze? Yeah. On that 80-plus bronze. bronze. You know, you're, you're getting lower component quality. You're getting uh, you know, just lower quality components across the board, and so you're going to pay less money for it. The minimum um, might not be just – might just be not having a cert. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's that's, not any plus anything certified. Yes, it's just like – you, I think I've – it's been a long time since I've seen anything that wasn't OEM that wasn't at least bronze certified. Yeah. yeah. I, they've sort of caught on True. pretty good. It makes sense. Fair. Um, so you can see here it did get a gold award from Lee. Only weakness is that it does not have six PCIe connectors at this power level. So some people that are running an 850-watt power supply might be looking for that. For six of them. So that's like – that's three video cards that are using two power connectors each. But even yeah. if, if you're talking about new stuff, even you're, a 1080 put- is only using – one eight pin, right? But if you do ten eighty, then you should be doing only two. You're only doing two anyway. That's but then true. if you do, no, what about that physics card? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's I guess. true. Jeez. If you want, it's not true. If you want to run, <laughs> run the uh, uh, the, you shouldn't use a ten eighty for just physics. There's that one guy out there, <laughs> the VR Funhouse. Yeah, oh, yeah. But Scott's you, using his ten eighty for processing. You should He's throw not even your, gaming on it. You should throw your old. <laughs> Whatever GPU for physics, if you're going to no do way, a physics no, thing. No, no, 1080s for physics all the way, all okay. the way around. All right. well, everybody can afford that. Uh, so that's <laughs> Silverstone uh, Strider 850-watt power supply review. Check that out. Uh, we would love it if you did so. Uh, Maury also wrote an article for us. Asus Maximus 8 Formula Motherboard. Look at that thing. It's nice. It's got a lot of things on it. So they basically have been but bringing you can't see them. the armor. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like tough armor. They've been Whatever. bringing it to to more <laughs> units, right? So, yeah, this isn't the first RG board. I think a generation back, or maybe two, they've been two. doing this on the Maximus. Yeah, is that seventy nine? I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Three hundred ninety nine dollar motherboard is the MSRP. Where's so the M dot two slot hiding on that expensive. one? Expensive. Uh, that's a good question. Is it the vertical kind? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I bet we'll find it, out. It is. Uh, oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Which is good because you don't have to like open some trap door on the armor. I always feel so. like, I always feel like the vertical M.2 though. I think it's over at risk. Why? Well, you got other yeah. PCI cards that are vertical. They're not, yeah, at risk. but they're like like is there not, stuff stuff floating around in your PC that's going to knock it over? It comes, like, with, no? it comes with the bracket usually. Maybe don't yeah, judge. I guess the bracket is is well. Yeah, you know what else was standing vertical? Well, what the twin towers? Well, yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm, for some reason, there. I'm glad you went there instead. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot, actually. Uh, this does have uh, the Cross Chill EK, so this is like an EK block on the power on the on the MOSFETs. Yeah, yeah. On the motherboard, overkill I think for most users, but again, most users aren't buying $400 motherboards. Of course, RGB lighting. Yeah, I bet the CMOS battery is underneath that tough armor. Adjust. Uh oh, that's. We'll check at the end to see if more gives it a uh, a uh, a knock. If it's a minus, he might for that. So I want to spoiler s- alert. Oh no, <laughs> no, he likes it. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, he likes all it. All right, all right. Um, so, I mean, look how even the back of it looks busy with the armor on there, right? It's there's there's a lot going on there. Uh, in terms of, Ooh. it's got wireless six US USB three point ports. Look at how dot three point one perpendicular kind of off kilter. Wow, ports that are. Yeah, yeah. That's uh construction. About, about this? Well, yeah. But you know what? That's a module I think that that's just, a module. It's socket just plugs in. But 
right? Yeah. So what, yeah. it, it, it's relying on the backplate to support. It might be Mori's fault too. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it, there's oh, a screw here. It might be the M.2 slot under here between these two. Uh, let's find weird. out. Hold on. We'll keep scrolling. We'll find it. Ooh, look at Ooh. that. Purple lights. Nice. Got that header in it. Look nice. at it. It's powering that LED strip. That's true. That's nice. true. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? So you still get, I mean, it doesn't cover much, right? The the armor stuff. You still get access to all your fan. Obviously, it's not going to cover anything like your fan headers. You know, like that. Ooh, what is that? Is that our battery? No. Where's that going to? What? What? Ah, uh, okay. That's, uh... Oh, that's, that's the lights. Yeah, there's the LED on the LEDs on the chipset. Oh, okay, PC and here's our M.2. It is between the second and third. And the, and okay, the battery. So there's a door you have to take off. And there's the battery. Oh, you can yeah. Get oh, look at that. Right? Oh, Not so bad. Look Clever that. girl. All right, all right. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. And a U.2 <laughs> connection here for those drive that use M.2. For that, for that one drive that uses no, no, M.2. I said it on purpose. <laughs> the, those drive... Singular that use it. Intel wins. Uh, yeah. So this, I mean, this board is. I mean, look. There's the access to your your water block if you want to use that on the uh, on the on the cooling side. Uh, obviously, Mori does. Uh, and one of the things with this armor that tends to happen is it tends to jam up like where the yeah, but that's power the, connections and stuff. But go. the tab is on the outside. At least the tab's on the outside. So you, like, if you have a small-ish case, yeah. then you might worry about the tab being at the top of the mother, at right. the top of the chassis. I've had that happen in my but case. You, actually. Obviously, here you can see you can't put it the other way, so it doesn't really doesn't really matter. Yep. What you want to do with it? So uh, here's you know the ubiquitous <laughs> Mori giant cooler photos <laughs> as you expect. Um, and it just not so bad. Barely shorts out the GPU. No, see that one is actually good, better than most because it's not a quad uh, motherboard, quad yeah. quad GPU motherboard. Do you, any of you guys ever use these stickers? The motherboard comes with these stickers to put where they're cable labels, huh? Which is actually a funny name to say, cable okay. label. So you like label. wrap it around the SATA cable sure. on the motherboard, and you write, "Hey, you know SSD one," and then you. you know, I mean, if you're frequently back. going in there and rearranging stuff, I could see where it'd be handy. Yeah, yeah. but even if you're not. Like, if you just do it when you build the system, yeah, th- that dividend will pay off, I think. Probably. Yep, there's our uh, Wi-Fi antenna, all the good stuff included here. Um, the CPU installation tool. It, this is basically uh, Asus and other motherboard vendors saying, please, God, don't RMA this motherboard. <laughs> is it just an alignment <laughs> tool? Or is it to <laughs> they made this especially for more. So, yeah, it makes it so, yeah. like, you can't put it in backwards, and also, like, your fingers are far away from the pins on okay. the board, right? Oh, so you're just not touching them. You're, you don't touch the processor really at all. Yeah. Once you put you put it in the tool, and then you press the tool down, and okay. ta-da. So, uh, I'll run through all this. Look at through the applications. Pretty common for Asus boards. UFI hasn't really changed much. Um Benchmark's not changing much overclocking-wise. Uh, pretty good results here. Let's see what the the net is. So it is 369 bucks. so it's a little bit less expensive uh, than the MSRP. Uh, and you're getting a lot for it. No weaknesses. CMOS battery placement listed as a strength. Jeremy did not lie to me. Wow. This time. Yeah, another gold award. It seems pricey. It is. I mean, it is. It's it like is, you're talking about an is. EK water block on your VRMs. Yeah. You got uh, it's, it's that interesting spot that's the high end of the Z170 market, but the low end of the Z99 or X99. X99. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could blow a good 30 bucks on, like, it, well, if there's two, you're talking like 40 or 60 the bucks. The chipset isn't cooled. On just Waterbox, if you're right. going to do. 
Yeah. It's only the VRM, so it isn't the That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Isn't it? Like, you'd spend, like, 20 or 30 bucks per block yeah. for yeah. VRM blocks. So. Yeah. And that's it something you're emerging e-tax. But, I mean. <laughs> it goes, so therefore it's worth more. Definitely don't get that just because it has that block unless you already have, like, a water cooling setup and you're going to use it. Yeah. You know. But, oh, man. All and, right. and also... Unless you're actually going to overclock it and put yes and put some load on your VRMs Correct. that actually warrants water cooling. Them. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, so that's the uh, Maximus Eight Formula motherboard uh, from Mori. Before we get into our cooler mesh review, let me point out uh, we have another Patreon. We have a new pledge of three dollars and ninety nine cents from FleetWars.net. It's a game. Okay. Is that an ad that somebody just got for three dollars? That's a cheap ad. We need to rethink uh, yeah. this strategy. Oh well. If it, if if your if your hey, if your contribution is an ad, it has to be at least twenty dollars. <laughs> That's pretty cheap if you think about it. That, that is twenty bucks, right? So twenty bucks a month. All right, let's begin our uh, our Sebastian section of the all podcast. Right. Everybody dreads it. Nobody likes it. What? Uh, we all have to uh, make ourselves really pale and speak very deliberately. Yeah, because we're all so tan and naturally. Get better cameras. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian posted a review of the Cooler Master. Cooler Master Master Liquid Pro 240 Liquid CPU Cooler. Uh, the Cooler Master Master Liquid. I see. I, mean, I wonder what kind of liquid's in there. Cooler. I mean, I think I might have thought up a different naming scheme. Master for it. Liquid? I bet you there's Master Liquid in Cooler there. Cooler Master Master Liquid. Uh, Master Liquid Theater? 240. Yeah. Master Liquid Controls Bottertown? <laughs> sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a serious, like, microfin. It is, yes. Ultra-fine fins on the copper base and 40% greater Blow performance up. compared to previous designs. What would you say, Jeremy? Flow-up. Oh, yes. It, it, it's literally called flow-up. Their, their custom technology flow-up or flow-up. Uh, okay. You know, just it sounds like flop. Flow Aren't optimization like flop is probably what they mean. Yeah. Interesting. And then they have a square fin design on the radiator that they claim creates greater surface area for absorption of the heat and allows for spacious airflow. Square waves. Uh, you know what? You know what looks cool. Do you know what would also create spacious airflow? A hole, like well, just a giant true. hole, but probably not a lot of uh, surface area. Surface area. But some colors have the little zigzag, yeah, style pattern. Yep. You know, hmm. not much of the design. I'm a little disappointed to see the uh, like this type of tubing, like the kind of ribbed tubing. It it look, makes it look like an older, cooler design to me. Oh, Master Liquid often goes through ribbed containers. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Actually, right. shouldn't go through them. If it goes through them, we have a problem. <laughs> uh, so what is what is uh, Sebastian say about this? Uh, it offers excellent cooling performance and very low noise levels, which I guess is kind of like the goal for every cooler. So well, liquid That's cooler should, right? should do those things. The giant blocks. It's very pump. it's very high. Yeah, that is pretty. It's very easy. tall. Not that there's really. It doesn't matter like what you're doing with that real estate. Yeah, sure. Clearance area should not be a problem at all, right? Yeah. I mean, just look at a Mori. Yeah, if you zoom in on that one, or this one's the better one to zoom oh, in on. If you just scroll down to, yep. yeah, you can see the fin design. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Right, I so guess I would not have guessed it was square. unique. I wonder how fragile they are. If I run a screwdriver across them all, it's probably bad, right? Probably. I mean, then you block off airflow through a bunch of fins. So, yeah. Like, oh, divert airflow. Well, it's not uh, blocked. It's diverted. I guess. The fans have a three-speed switch, and uh, he does, Sebastian says, they're exceptionally quiet on lower settings. Does, is it not also automatic? Uh, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to guess no, then. 
Or maybe it's automatic, but like there's three oh, presets for like it. Three ramps or he'll something. Add, he'll answer in the chat, I'm sure. It's um, hydromatic. It did not beat so the installation of it looks pretty 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 reasonable. I like this idea of being able to like yes. they've got this rubber gasket around it. Mm-hmm. Um you prevent would. vibrations. Uh that's a plus, obviously. Yeah. Um now Sebastian does say that it did not beat its rivals from Corsair. But the H100i GTX needed to operate in its loudest mode to pull ahead. So uh, that's, you know, that's still pretty good. So here, here it is. A second entry here is the Cooler Master Master Liquid Pro 240 um, versus the H100i GTX performance level versus its quiet level. So you can see um, that it kind of sits right between the H100i GTX in those particular instances. And here we are, OC'd. Uh, similar results. Um, Although actually the H100i GTX quiets a little bit higher up on that. Then noise levels again, yeah, it's it's too. Yeah, I mean that's kind of within margin of error on all this type of stuff. Yeah, uh, it costs one hundred nineteen dollars. The H100i GTX is about one twenty nine, so it's you know yep. it's in the right ballpark, ten bucks less or so. Um, and another gold award. Wow, giving them out like candy, guys. Yeah, we need to Let's start reviewing this. some garbage products so that we can not do that. Do we need a garbage award? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody make this logo. It's just like a trash with can. With Oscar the Grouch <laughs> coming out of it. Uh, Perfect. And, and, it, and it's slightly, it's a green tent. Yeah. You know, like the gold that goes into green, like uh-huh. mildew. Yeah, just a little bit like that. Okay. Could have been good, but it's not. So uh, check out that one. And then also, real quick, Sebastian posted a review of the. Mm, mm, how am I going to pronounce this one? Penclick? Penclick? Penclick. Or Penclick. <laughs> well, one of those sounds Can't stupid, tell. so. Penclick Professional Typist MK1 Mechanical Keyboard. Okay. Good build quality, heavyweight construction. Uh, what kind of keys? Ca- what kind of mechanical never heard keys? Of that. Kelly Brown. K A I L R Kelly. Kale? Okay. Cali so brown somebody switches? else is making brown switches. All right. Well, yeah, that, that patent or whatever yeah. went away. So uh, adjustable white LED backlight, so not RGB, only just pff, single LED. I mean, I'm okay backlight. with just white yeah. if you just need a backlight keyboard. It is expensive, $139, bucks, uh, although Sebastian thinks the build quality of it uh, is kind of what they're going for here, that it would be built to take a beating. Um, so Josh would be approved to use it. I guess. Well, no, but Josh and I are still weirded out by the whole lack of a numpad thing. It just looks wrong. <sighs> I I use a number pad a lot, so 10 keyless designs uh, don't really work for me either. But I get the feeling that's not the case for a lot of people. I don't know. Like the vast majority of people, it's it's the dustiest part of their keyboard. They've never even touched it before. Their mm, numlock yeah. isn't even on. If it's any consolation, usually when I'm using a number pad, I'm figuring out how much money I owe somebody. So that's True. never fun. So you should just use a 10 keyless. I yeah. should just like, oh, I couldn't do the math. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a 10 uh, keyless It must be now. $20. <laughs> this, I mean, I can't do the math quickly, so I might as well not do it at all. Everything right? just becomes nine ninety nine because just you just hit the regular <laughs> nine. <laughs> no. You only get $9 this month because I didn't want to pay you nine nine. So you, you round down the, to the nearest. Well, writing Alan's down. check. Yeah. There you go. You only get nine. You know, the, the, the ultimate uh, test... For the keyboard, I just uh, posted. Oh no! In the uh, what? Slack. In in, in Slack. Uh-oh. Not, oh, I've got a. I'm not. Yep. looking. It's not. You know what this to... is. 
Oh, oh man, yeah. Slack, Slack's not loading for me. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. It's been a while You've since never? I've oh, seen that's that. A good one. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Actually, Slack is honestly not loading for me. So it's the oh, it's the the keyboard oh. smash. Yeah. See now, wanted. if this keyboard, uh, Sebastian, if you could do that test with this, especially keyboard. to your wife, because mm, no. we'll never have any family services or police come to visit you after this test. Uh, I was done, just benchmarking you, your you own. done told her once or something. <laughs> that, that goes. Uh, plus, I mean, look at the font that they're using on these keys, right? Look at this close-up shot here. It's nice. The M, it's absolutely it's an 100% e. an E turned sideways. 100%. Look at that. Yeah. The B the has B. a line through it. Actually, that M is totally like the evil corp logo from uh, what's and his then the Mr. Robot. logo got it. Yes. The, the Y from the Dell logo. like a Tetris piece. I was going to say it looks like a football... Uh, yeah, that font is actually really awful and would annoy the me The Y is... Um, it's a pitfall. Yes. It's Atari pitfall. All right. I'm going to go with goalposts. Yes, it is. You know, it's like Cornholio. Goalposts. No. Now okay. I just know what that is. For rugby. Fair. Fair. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we move on... Um, let's see. Uh, okay. P.L. Hobbs. Pledged thirty dollars to the Patreon. On you, mate. Wow. That kicks ass. P. L. Hobbs, not an ad or anything. It's just P. L. Hobbs. I'm gonna let's see. What should his name be? P. L. Um, Philip. Philip Phillips. See, now you can't go anywhere with that. <laughs> no, I yeah, I got nothing. Uh, on our last review, also by nobody on this podcast, uh, Chris Barbary makes his uh, triumphant return. With the review of the Action Tech Mocha adapters, I'm not going to bother to read the names. M, well, now I am WCB 6200Q wireless network extender and the ECB 6200 network adapter. Uh, Mocha is essentially the standard. What's it? What's it actually stand for? Multimedia over coax alliance. Yep. And it basically means that uh, you can use the coax. It's already in your house for networking. Now, a lot of people may already be using this and not even know it. Uh, if you have, like, a DirecTV or something, a uh, whole home DVR, that's how they redistribute the video throughout your house, right? Is like, your DVR is in one room. It sends the, the video back out through Mocha, through Coax, to, that, uh, to the other, you know, set-top box, and it plays it back that way. Huh. Um, the idea here is that, hey, if you have crappy wireless signal or um, you have... Bigger distance. Maybe you live in an expansive place like, like Ken does. Yeah, right. Obviously, you you live in such a huge place that you need multiple Amazon Echo devices. You might also need <laughs> Mocha to feed those Amazon Echo devices. Sure. I don't know if that's the case. Um, so what this basically does is there's two devices. The wireless network extender does what it it says it does. It's 169 bucks. Um, it has a two Ethernet ports on it, two gigabit Ethernet ports, one uh, Mocha coax port. Uh, 4x4, 802.11 AC, 5 gigahertz, 2x2, 802.11 802, uh, ABGN, 2.4 gigahertz. And it will basically allow you to extend your network and create a, a wireless network through your coax, your coax. cable yeah. in, in your house, which is great. And now what's what's cool about that is, I mean, obviously you can go through the review here and, talk, and he talks about uh, what the capabilities are and the performances and that type of stuff. Um, and it makes sense. Obviously, you get LAN connections too, so it's kind of like a mini switch, as well, um, to take advantage of it. Uh, 
but then the bonded network adapter is what you like if you want to if you have your switch that you already have with your existing router in your house you install this bonded network adapter to it and then put the coax into the wall right like you connect it to the to the coax yeah. in your house and that creates the network over every coax outlet in your house so then you can use another adapter or you know the wireless extender or whatever and what's to the, what's the speed of this network uh of this one it is of whatever the not is advertised. They claim up to oh. one gigabit. Okay, but probably not. But probably not, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, let's just go ahead and say setup and all that type of stuff is is pretty reasonable. Let's look at signal strength and bandwidth here. Uh, signal strength. <laughs> There's a go. Uh, so sum up: moving a client closer to a source of Wi-Fi signal boosts signal strength. Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious agrees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so here's your bandwidth test. Direct Ethernet, um, you're getting you know, 794 by 869. Um, if you use the, um, the Ethernet, Ethernet ports, ports on the on Mocha it. adapter, uh-huh. you're getting pretty much exactly that as well. Right. right. Uh, and then if you use the coax bridge device, you're getting you know, less than that, 571 by 767 that's or so. not bad. It's better. And, it, and, it, and yeah. it's... And in my I mean, at least that's close. Yeah. And the Wi-Fi is kind of nasty. Uh, oh, the Wi-Fi. Five gigahertz, one thirty-one by two fifty-four. Yeah. 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 I don't know how much of that is. I mean, that's obviously got to be the wireless in the router itself yeah. or in the extender itself. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because it's but it's still going to be better than like you know the the stuff that you were just out of range for. Yes, and so. and what I'll also say is I had this like I had a I used a sling box for a very long time. These devices would have been perfect for that to get network like to the upstairs. You had to have hardwired to get the best image quality going through your house. Yeah, type of stuff. Um, I used powerline networking, and it was okay. It gave me at the time three or four hundred megabits, I think, of of throughput. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, and it makes sense in retrospect, um, networking devices that feed their network off of just pure electric, like they tend to burn out. Uh, like I bet I went through like four sets of those in oh. my house before I gave up on powerline networking. They just always died. I, I do have a concern using something like this though. Mocha, What's yeah, that? because like because it's not going to be available in the fall and it's going to be replaced by pumpkin. No, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's now you have something else trying to transmit on your coax in your house. Like you're sure. fi- you're fighting with everybody uh-huh. else on your node. Like in your neighborhood? Mm, no, that doesn't. No, grow it's already that entered way. your house by that point. Okay, so like, I literally had to like buy special amps so that I can have a six tuner uh, DVR also connected with my cable modem and have both of them have the correct receiving see, and transmit power. Oh yeah, you would. But every, right? like literally, so you're, you're adding every, something else. Every to whole your chain. home DVR already does this. Yeah. Like if you have a whole home DVR through Time Warner or Cincinnati Bell or Directv. Is it using, using this? Is it using frequencies that are not going to go back out of your? Yes, I, Mocha works on different frequencies than cable internet, right? Yeah, and TV. But is it filtered or like so? Say your next door neighbor has Mocha and you both have cable. Uh, I th- are I, you sharing channels with his Mocha because it's all no, connected to the uh, same thing? No, you wouldn't. I, no, ideally, you're not. I think your TV cable box. I, I think depending, like okay. if you live in an apartment complex and how everything's wired, that might be the case. Yeah. But if it's just your house, as, then, as long as they're filtering it, then I guess yeah, it's, yeah. you're not competing. But that's with the that usage much. scenario for it. 
and power line networking as well. You're in yeah. an apartment. Yes. You're not allowed to rewire anything. You're not allowed to put any new drops in. You're not allowed to do anything. So you got two things. You got power plugs and you got a couple of cable drops because the, the people before you were cable nuts and there's one in the bedroom and there's one in the kitchen and there's one in the main room. Yeah, but if you're in an apartment, you don't need this because your Wi-Fi can reach. Or can it because... Let's say you rent a house then. Yeah, yeah. or you can't you're in a rental situation. You cannot you know. plaster mess with walls, anything. which the wireless signals just blow ass. Oh, yeah. Plaster walls will... Yeah. Especially with a chicken wire behind it. Yeah, the last yeah. place I rented, like it was a it was a two four house, and it plaster walls. Like the Wi Fi yeah. was awful, and we couldn't really do anything about it. This yeah. like my friend Joey. Regardless, lives in an you're old stuck somewhere. You've got no walls, land drops. So. Okay. Yeah. You've got lousy Wi Fi, and you need to put something in. You try power line adapting or power line adapter. You find out that your circuits are horrible. I you're mean, on single phase, and it's before awful. before gaming consoles had two wireless. This is how electricity I, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you try this one, or I mean, so if your the, cable's horrible. You so this this line. has to be not as hard to do as the uh, the power line stuff. The power, the power line, line isn't stuff difficult. Is, the power to line do. stuff is, it was easy to do. It, like, but user this stuff wise. burns out. Well, yeah, and people are saying in the chat that's like any kind of power surge, yeah. like essentially kills it. And the thing with power yeah. line networking is you couldn't put it behind a power filter. Right, because it no. would totally it like, would no, filter out it your would filter out my internet. <laughs> I want to protect my outlet. Oh wait, I'm protecting all of the yeah, signal. Right? Congratulations, you're 100 percent protected. <laughs> Nothing makes it through. <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, I, I think the Mocha idea is cool. I think as wireless technology gets a little bit better, and more things kind of like do the auto, like we're going to extend your network for you automatically type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it well, maybe what's, becomes. What's less the useful. thing that Patrick Norton is testing right now? I don't. I don't. That, that extender. I don't remember. This extender. It's got. It's got the base unit. It's got the LED screen. And it tells you oh. you've got 640 megabit. Up yeah, I saw him uh, post about that on Twitter. I don't know. I'll find out tomorrow. I'm sure. <laughs> well, why don't I you suppose find you will out tomorrow? Uh, yeah. But yeah, that seems. It's got an LCD readout on it. It's that 199 bucks for the cheapest thing. Well, I mean, Oy this is 169 oh, for the extender. Wasn't that the thing where you plus. get you get like a few units from them or something? Or you get a base unit and then yeah. two extenders. Yeah, it's a thing like they're advertising on like Twit and stuff as well. I think it's not stupid for three switches. It was like it's it's pricey for like two or three. It go the price goes up pretty quick. You see, like here's the thing: like, can't you just go buy uh, what's what are like routers that basically like are bricks that plug into the wall that only yeah do it's just, the, it's just well. they tend to not work but well it's it's reliability that is what you're going yeah. for right and and even until they died each time the power line networking was reliable it was like ethernet it had the ping of ethernet it was you know yep. throughput was good no hiccups no no service interruptions like that um and and with mocha it seems to be the same so uh, check that out. That is on the website right now. And before we move on, I'm going to get to... I think to it was Eero. Eero? Isn't that what it was? I don't know. I, I, that's not sounding familiar to me. I believe you. I think that's what... Maybe. But uh, yeah, the Undermine said it's the mesh networking, and that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it is. the Sonos systems I have use mesh networking. Yeah. Right? Yep. But they only use it for themselves. They're very greedy that way. <laughs> Oh, the forty-seven well. is saying Very you could run really long yeah. Ethernet. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. says it can go up to three hundred feet. I, I think you've beat that by. Oh yeah, I've gone way shots. more than that. Yeah, for sure. No, wait, <laughs> how far did we go in that? We almost five hundred feet. Yeah, I think you just bought a five hundred foot spool and crimped the ends. Just put yeah. the whole, <laughs> put the whole spool. <laughs> it turns out until it works. that damn lawnmower came along. 
It, turns it still out it works. Turns it out still it works. works. <laughs> it just it just dropped to 100 megabit. Let's get to our sponsors this week uh, before we run out of all the time in the world. That would be uh, Casper, everybody. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. They're revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and then passing that savings directly to the consumer. Casper mattresses are obsessively engineered. I don't – is that a good thing? Yeah. Obsessively. Yeah. Obsessively. Like do you fear for the engineers like home lives? No, no, but no. But they're sleeping on a Casper mattress, so it's great. Yeah, so they're good. Yeah, so they're, okay. They, yeah. they sleep well. Fair enough. Uh, Casper combines two technologies, a springy latex foam and a supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right amount of sink and bounce. As a breathable design, helps keep you cool and regulate your temperature through the night. Uh, I have a new Casper mattress, uh, and, and I really like it a lot. Uh, the purchasing experience is, is pretty awesome. The deliver it, they deliver it to you in a box the size of a mini fridge or so. Yeah, for and you got a king. I got a and that's a king size. Yeah, and um, it's very it's heavier than a mini fridge is. Sure, by by quite a bit. It's two person lift. It's a two person lift, or I have a dolly. It weighs about as much as a king mattress. <laughs> yeah, I actually. Yeah. Um, it's small. What but, I did was yeah. I did it. I did it myself. I rolled it up the stairs, like you know, flip it, flip and over and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, wrote it down. you can buy it easily online. It's completely risk-free. You can try sipping on a Casper mattress, uh, and they understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress that you spend, if you're lucky, a third of your life on. And I say if you're lucky because eight hours a night is is asking for a lot for, I think, most people. Uh, they offer free delivery, painless returns with a 100-day period on it. You can try it out uh, for 100 days before deciding if you want to keep it or return it so you don't have to lie down in a showroom in that awkward situation that we all uh, hate and see on uh, uh, sitcom comedy shows all the time. Uh, Casper the, Mattresses... The things that you can achieve in 100 days. That's true. Mm. On a mattress. Like good sleep, Josh. Yes. Like excellent Improved sleep Improve productivity throughout the day yes. to the workplace. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Casper mattresses are made in the USA. You get free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. In, in Canada. Uh, you get a Casper mattress for 500 bucks for a twin or 950 for a king size. And if you compare that to industry averages, that is an outstanding price point. You can save an additional 50 bucks towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash pcper and enter the code PC per that's casper.com slash PC per enter code PC per terms and conditions apply. And we thank Casper for their support of PC perspective. I almost said another show, but PC perspective, that's the one we're on here now. All right, let's run through some news items. Jeremy DirectX 12 Deus Ex, uh, Deus Ex came out. I totally kind oh. of spaced on it, to be honest with you. I, a, a beta came out, oh. which is going to enable DX12 support. Oh, so that's right. It supports it okay. on the game. It is a beta. Uh, and just to repeat again, this is a beta. This is not final how it's going to work. This is not even... It's a peak DirectX 12 performance, okay. more or less. Uh, and so we had two different people uh, reviewing it. Uh, Guru3D took a peek at it and... You know, they, they're going for the old frap sort of thing. And uh, Tech Report looks at it too, it looks like. Yeah, second I can remember his name. Uh, Jeff. From uh, Guru3D. Oh, no, that Jeff is from Tech Report. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, they took a look at it, but they do the fraps thing. Yep. And so, long story short, 
you switch to high definition DirectX 12 AMD cards are producing more frames than they are, are producing more frames per second than the Nvidia cards. Right. Or the top end video cards from Nvidia, they're already capped out. You don't see anything. Oh, okay. Le- recently, Jeff at Tech Report, who also supports our uh, frame rating, got a hold of it. Yep. And the results were a little bit different. A lot. Uh, if you flip to his uh, 99th percentile, yep. th- that's sort of the thing right there. The number of frames you see above 50 milliseconds are actually significantly worse under DX12 than they are under DX11. So it means, yeah, you're getting more frames, but your picture is tearing. Yeah, because you could see a bunch of latency spikes in the, uh, like if you scroll oh, up a little, it, Ryan. It's like the old uh, crossfire stuff. Yeah, like right? there, there's a bunch of, they're occasional, they're not happening like all of the no, time. No, they're not huge, but... and they're not the pattern that we used to see either. I mean, that should but be, that should be noticeable. Like, that's, like, it's dropping, it's just like stuttering Am for I missing several this? frames the at a time. The DX12 version is more stuttery. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. That's the story. On AMD. Far more is jumping about 50 milliseconds. I would say and NVIDIA. Yeah. Not by oh, as yes. much. Uh, but look at those peaks. But, yeah. The green spikes yeah, do go AMD up a little bit. But. That would be the other key takeaway from this is switching from DX11 to DX12 on an NVIDIA card essentially doesn't really do anything. Yeah. yeah we've seen that before. You, you really don't notice it at all. AMD, you're actually noticing a difference. Right. Okay. Again, I stress this is a peak at DX12. Don't Consider this, you know, the definitive, oh, this is how AMD is going to be with DX12. You could consider it the definitive on how NVIDIA's current generation are because, well, they're not really doing DX12. Well, does anyone, oh. did anyone put out drivers for this game? Uh, uh, yes, uh, AMD, AMD did. Brought, okay. uh, I'm not going to say game ready because that would be wrong. <laughs> uh, they dropped some new drivers on the launch game date prepared. of this patch. Beta and and so it's interesting to see. There are differences. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. interesting to see once actually some of the bugs get ironed but hey, out. hey, like you said, sort of... it's a beta. Exactly. It's a beta. So the results don't count. It doesn't matter that it's actually a game that you can play right now. So that's interesting. Well, most games you can play right now are betas. But yeah, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. Touche. Touche. Uh, this was an interesting uh, story that I saw swing by that Scott wrote up a, a quick post about. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, but how would you guys try to pronounce it? Actually, Jeremy, you give it a shot. Adrian. Say again? Courageous. Courageous. You skipped one, Ryan. Did I? No. Yeah, you don't have well, an article for oh, it. Yeah, but. Jeffy. Oh, I don't have an article for it. Yes. Uh, b- before we get to Adrian C., uh, <laughs> GFE 3.0 came out. We didn't have a news story on this, uh, but somebody sent me a note on Twitter. Well, it's because I don't have a login we for do it, have a story so I couldn't it check it out. I'm looking at the story. Was it just posted? I don't know. Yep. It's there. What time the was it posted, Josh? Or Josh, Alan? I don't see it. I think it was either. Tim. Anyway, um, so what they do here, they uh, updated it. They added some stuff, some features. I'm sure it's cool, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but apparently, they do they require you to log in now? Yes. To do anything. You try to run GFE, the old GFE, and all yeah. you get is a screen that says, hey, install the new GFE. Like, you can't even do anything with the interface anymore. So then you... Even if you don't upgrade. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So you can't even use the old one. It's, like, not usable anymore. And then you... So you have... They really? force an update, and then when the update comes up, hey, log in for this, and you can't click anywhere else other than, like, the log in. So like you can't even, the, like, access the thing where, like, you can change your in-game settings and stuff? Nope. Nope. 
And then I and then I was like, I'm a kind of person that doesn't like using a Facebook login or a whatever login because those sure. are options. Right. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll make the account with them. But mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, we want this and that and your birthday and blah blah blah. And I was like, yep. so I just kind of like left my desktop sitting there <laughs> with just the, the birthday thing. This is really I was like, stupid. they really need my birthday just for GFE for like my a, my video driver. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no I don't need GFE wishing well, me a freaking happy birthday. Why not? They started this months ago. Well, uh, no. if you want to get the driver, happy. you need to sign in. No, they threatened to do it months well, ago. Yeah, it was like, yeah, and it was then like last it was year. Fl- they threatened to do it, and there was backlash. Yeah, yeah. but they Just never actually did it until now. So the no. first, their, Scott, their first move was that they made it so if you wanted beta drivers, right. you had to get them through GFE. You couldn't download Correct. it from GeForce.com. Yeah. And they, I remember they said, maybe it was maybe it was this year, but like after CES, they were going to have you log in. Like... Uh, it was May, May or so. Yeah, that they suggested that, that. But you know, this this is a really good thing if AMD could jump on it and say, you know what, we don't require this crap. If you want the latest drivers from us, yeah, just get it. That'd be a good marketing point, but I'm not going to spend like three hundred fifty dollars to prove that point, <laughs> no. right? Like if you've already got an Nvidia card, you're not going to, you're probably not going to return it. And I guess that's what Nvidia is counting on. But if that's true that like you had pre 3.0 and you couldn't use it anymore, like here's a you know comment on the story. I uninstalled GFE. Like the guy doesn't like the fact they had to log in, so he just uninstalled. But like GFE. if you had two point whatever, two point two, whatever the last version was before three, when you started it, you literally Correct. couldn't do anything. My GFE, Correct. my old GFE that was already installed on my system, I double clicked the icon to pull up GFE, yeah. and all it was was this interface. Now it's with the big button in the middle. Click to install the new GFE. Like, you know, we've, you know, upgraded your whatever experience, blah, 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 or whatever. And I had to, like, so did it already install? Did you have background installs? No, no, it did the install. Like, I had to click the thing. It did the install. And then I had the new interface. It's like, we're not going to do shit for you until you log in. I was like, oh, okay. They seem yeah, a little, I did some uh, uh, gurgling, seem- and there was more than just, like, a couple of dozen people complaining about that. There were, yeah. there were several hundred. So GFE actually stands for Go F <sighs> Go fuck Go fuck everybody. <laughs> And Scott, you missed one of the tags oh, that you have to put on these stories, which is called dirt, "dirty pool," because this is dirty pool. That's really stupid. Like it's even if you said you required a login to like download a driver after you had the software installed. Final like, torrented. Why can't I access? Why can't are you? So you couldn't do game recording. You couldn't do like do your optimal settings. You couldn't do anything in the yeah. software. So now, if I want to run uh, Shadow Play, yeah. I have to create a login with them or sign in or give them my Facebook account or give them my whatever the third option was. Just use your Raptor account. Just log in with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This, I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be completely honest with everybody, this is like, this is what happens when competition is bad. No. It is. No, because because AMD doesn't require this. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they do. Like, for for their game setting thing, it's through Raptor and you have to have a Raptor account. Yeah, it's a third party... Yeah, but I completely ignore it quite happily. Yeah, and that's fine. But like to to say that AMD like doesn't force you to do the same thing for a lot of the stuff like isn't true. I guess that's that's the case. I just can't. I don't know. I don't know why Nvidia needs to build up a mailing list of people. Really, you don't. Like if you're if you're that dominant in market share and on product quality and on driver updates, all the other crap that everybody claims, then. I don't know. Hey, hey, have you ever watched the movie They Live? No. Yeah. Consume. Anyway. 
Anyway, next I'm story. here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm exactly. The bubble gum. Just, oh, you mean just, just, nuke them. just make sure you use a unique password for this account, because let's be honest. Yeah, do you tr- yeah don't use your password <laughs> used for everything on the NVIDIA login. <laughs> so. Don't use a, the common password for anything. Well, yes. Well, I know. But do you think everybody you use the password Jensen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody's password salted to the same. Somebody should make a generic GFE login. Uh, and everybody I'm just, sure somebody's sharing that already, but like, and we always we talked about before that like one yeah, person's going to go in, installs. download the driver, and then host it somewhere. So no, like, but just like just like make the, the username like you know, go fuck yourself or something, and like. But what if they save all your settings based on your login? Yeah, okay. Well, that's not okay. Is everybody sharing settings then? Yeah. yeah. So the guy okay. using the 960 is trying to figure out why the 1080 settings ain't working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's going on? Uh, all right. Our next story. Adrian C. Discusses hey, his name. His last name is actually pronounced Throat Wobbler Mangrove. No, he's not from the silly party. <sighs> Adrian Throat Wobbler Mangrove. For tang for tang biscuit barrel. I don't Moving know what on. language they're speaking. I, I think it's English. Going on. No, it's the bad English. Uh, yeah, so uh, what Adrian has done here, this is actually really cool, um, where he breaks down how a frame is rendered in Doom. Cool. Like all the steps that go through uh, in order to get to a fully rendered frame. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly complicated, but he does a good job of breaking it down, I think, in a way that's uh addressable by the average gamer right so it gives you you know there's pictures in here like here's the final frame here's what uh, a mega texture yes yeah, still look at all those use. textures this is what a mega texture looks like here i've is never seen a picture of a buffers. mega texture before now you have like that's cool here's like depth maps and it kind of progress through 60 percent. i want to play that version 100%. of doom yeah i just want everything to look like a mosaic of stuff everywhere <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know a thing existed that was a velocity map i guess it makes sense to uh oh, it's for the uh, for special effects like motion blur yeah, and stuff for like motion that blur, yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah there's i mean there's all kinds of really cool images in here and examples in here uh that if you are interested in it at all I would very highly encourage you to go to go check it out. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive stuff. Um, it's sizable. It's an amazing amount of work that goes into each frame. Yeah, and, and think about yeah. it. When we get less than sixty of those each second, we get we, pissed. We get mad. Yeah, <laughs> like you only have sixteen point six milliseconds to do all of this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Get your shit together, guys. <laughs> uh, so that story is... Uh, you can find it linked on PCPro.com. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. The animations and the pictures are pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, just, mm-hmm. they're just stepping through pictures, but... Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Jeremy, you wrote this news post. We've seen this, uh, like, demoed a couple times, but I don't know if I've ever seen it presented in this way. Now it's like... You say it's not a proton pack, but it really looks totally like a proton, looks like a proton pack. It, it really does, you know. What that was the first at? thing I thought how, when I saw it. How warm does that get on your back? That's what I well, want to know. Listen, it's a thermal oh, reactor, man. Those like, intake it's... fans at the top or out? Up here? Because if that's out. output. That's got to be exhaust. Your head's getting warm. Because it's right there. Listen, if you hook <sighs> up the right the side, if you hook up the right tubing to it, you can like you know after you're done mowing your lawn, you can just do some VR stuff out in the driveway and just like blow your grass off your driveway at the same time. True. Yeah. 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 It's got also the least ergonomic thing in the world. I, I'm sure. Like the flat back. You it's mean? like having a brick on your back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like your wires. There's an HDMI port, USB ports, uh, audio ports, audio. Listen. So what are we looking at, Jeremy? What the hell is this? 
Well, that's uh, the VR backpack. Uh, the VR one, the MSI VR one, opposed to the Ecto one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's about uh, three point six kilos of computing power sitting right there on your back. Because right, uh, that's where it belongs, right? <laughs> look, at yeah. that, look at that guy. Look how much fun he's having. He's just having he's, so he's much having fun. fun. But that's also the usage for it because you're walking around. You've got no base station whatsoever. Well, no. You still have the lighthouses you have to stay between, the lighthouse system? Yeah. Well, true. But you're not connected to anything physically. Yes. So you're not tripping over wires. You're not uh, yanking something out. That's true. Yeah. Because at the bottom left and right, those are detachable batteries. Oh, okay. So you've got two of them, and they're hot swappable. So you can actually pull one out, be charging it while you're using the one. There's a switch on it because they actually say in the PR... You can switch between batteries in gameplay without shutting off the game. All right. Which leads me to ask how exactly you're doing that while you're in <laughs> VR, but you got your buddy. you've got a friend watching it. Yeah. <laughs> got a friend who's bored out of his mind watching you play VR. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of curious that they're saying uh, one and a half hours full speed gameplay. So they're, they're probably still lions. Like they're relatively small. And that's a lot of density of power in a very small package, but an hour and a half. I mean, not l- too bad. Let's be honest. Look at the thing. It's a laptop, and they moved the battery and allowed you to put them in parallel. You know, we have enough yeah. problems with these batteries and phones right now. I really well, hope they're not sourcing from that same particular Chinese company that Samsung was. It was the charging. Keep side a knife in your pocket in case you oh, got to cut really? it off. Yeah, yeah, that's a much bigger issue. It was the yeah. charging side. It wasn't the batteries. Did, did, yeah. did sorry, on, on a side note, did you see that press release? They talked about how, in rare circumstances, there was accidental connection of the cathode and the anode of the battery. Yeah. What is another That's word for that, Alan? Thing. Shorting out the battery. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we just, yeah, that's a heck of a charging circuit. You had to try to throw some technical term at you. I just want a lot of electrons to move with the battery. It's quick and charging. And a charging circuit. Once. Yeah. So I'm just going to, like, connect. I can move them the fastest <laughs> if I just connect these two. Yeah. Jeremy, is there any pricing on this backpack yet? We have no frickin' idea what the pricing will be, <laughs> and all we know is inside will be some unspecified overclocked Intel CPU yeah. and a 10 series from NVIDIA, 1070, probably a 1080. I but imagine it's going to cost about 30% more than an MSI gaming laptop. <laughs> really? Because there's no screen. At least. Right? Like, you're, yeah, you're, but it's you're niche. How many of those do you think, yeah, yeah, they think yeah, they're making? That's, that, that's yeah. a niche market, Ryan. I would assume it would be battery in the it. same as, a, as, as an equivalent no. laptop. That's what I would guess. Ten cents per oh, game. Oh, and the other, the other the thing to mention is... As a oh, game that's laptop. pretty beefy. Go ahead, Jeremy. They're, they're claiming 41 decibels at full load. Because that would be the other question is I mean, how loud is it? headphones it's on. But this idiot's not wearing headphones. He should have the earbuds in. He doesn't even have the earbuds well, on because you can see the, the loose connection oh. right there. It's not connected. So, so you plug the Vive power into this thing? I, uh, you have to, It's right? powered off of Everything. That means it has to have a 12-volt like supply as well for right. the Vive. Oh, well, I sure. Because it has a separate like line that usually goes to a power brand. That'll be that one on the uh, right yeah, side. But if they give you the right cable, then it's just a DC. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, it's obviously been designed so you walk around with it. Yeah. Even if the guy in the picture is not. Necessary. You gotta have a cigarette lighter adapter <laughs> to get it to work, though. Oh man! Then you can game at your tailgate. The party. world, the world is a crazy. Yeah. Thing. What cars come with a cigarette lighter anymore? Um. 
but they all but here's my none of them, but they all have the <laughs> stupid place for it. Yeah. Just give me an AC plug. Like nobody But now we have this ecosystem of accessories I, that are all yeah, yeah. stupid oh. and inverting. But Do you what? not have like fifteen of those cigar light or cigarette lighter adapters that I, go I into have charging several. your tape deck, your eight track, your USB? <laughs> I, I have several of those, but they're like they're they get loose sometimes. Sometimes they just pop out on their own. Like just give me an AC plug with a max wattage on it and let's move yeah, on with our life. They don't want to put like relatively high voltage stuff in a car. Yeah, like Hitachi Magic Wand for, ex- for accident purposes. I mean, my car has a built-in inverter. My car in is one back. giant battery. Let me access said battery. <laughs> I can put have it in the, the back, ultimate, though, right? Like in the I trunk. Can, no, I can have a VR. It's in the, rear, it's, it's in the, it's back, the back of the rear console. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, you came. You got that one. That's like an option. <laughs> they remove your cup holder and they give you that. It's right? bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I could have my car be like a VR car. Right? True. And it, plug it in there. Frame rate I mean, a it drives bio. itself. I mean, no. I'm yeah, you're already playing Next time the I see, I drive past Ryan. He's driving around. He's got autopilot on. He's got the, he's got the vibe. Dude, he's, got a, he's got a G29 mounted <laughs> yeah. on top of his he's steering wheel. Yeah, he's got like his car rigged up so that the, the wheel and the pedals just decouple from the actual car when he goes in autopilot mode. And they're just the actual wheel and pedals oh, I, for the I game. I can see it. Wow, this right? commute's really boring. I'm going to go play some Forza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody, once like, we get you know, autonomous cars where your your car your seat can just rotate 180 degrees, right? Yeah. And then you have the fake steering wheel behind you so you can play in the racing. Yeah. So, you know, you that, that, super that's, sick. that's not going to yeah. mess with And then, and then like, the, the, police, <laughs> the police gets called, you know, and the cop comes out and he's, like, you know, pacing along to the side of Ryan. And then Ryan makes a sharp left in the game like this. And his car doesn't actually go anywhere, but the cop runs himself off the road and spins off because he thought that, like, Ryan was just going to turn it. boys are at it again. It's not my fault. You know, it's yeah. not my that, fault. That's the Spy Hunter DLC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. All right, so let's talk about this one, guys. Uh, remember Euclidean? Yes. There was a company, and I had to look this up because I forgot how long ago we started the to see Infinite this stuff. Pixel stuff. Infinite, infinite unlimited infinite detail. geometry yeah um and so we started seeing this in like 2011 right um and they they came out and they had this 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 idea of point cloud atom based systems for geometry yep. instead of polygons um and then they came out with like a demo where they built a you they built a one kilometer square island out of just this stuff, and you could zoom in and out, and, and it didn't seem it's, to affect it's performance. It's basically anything. get rid of the raster stuff, right? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Everything kinda. was database kind of driven. Yeah. So yeah, it still is. I did an interview. Hey, look, Peace Perspectives Live. Uh, I did an interview with the CEO this week, last week, uh, of Euclidean. His name's Bruce Dell. Uh, apologize for his video quality in the call. He is in Australia, so that's that's how the internet works in Australia. Packets had to go through, uh, yeah. you know. It's a long cable underneath the ocean, okay? Yeah. Um, and they talked about it, and basically what they're, they're new, the, the thing that is new to them now is that they have figured out a way to do animation. Right? If you think about, like, you know, there, he, you know, he kind of went before, into stuff about were, he's being a very small company, and everything they showed beforehand was static Image. Yeah, there were static. You could rotate around it. Yeah, static yeah. environment. You could yeah. you could rotate around it. You could move through it, but nothing animated, nothing moved. Yep. There was no explosions. There was no game occurring in any of it. Right. Um, Which is tricky if you're doing it a completely different way, and you have this huge database worth of points. 
in it space. Is. And, right? it's, and it's a database that he described as uh, doing a 3D search algorithm in to find points. Because basically what you do is you have this massive database of, of points that he claimed you could stream off of a standard hard drive and have no latency issues. Yep. Um, and you're basically like mapping a pixel on your screen to a, to a point that exists. Yeah, right. but your screen is like which direction you're looking. So yeah. it has to look up only the points that are in Correct. your field of view and yeah. put them in the right places. And, and and what they've done recently, and if you look at the if you look at this video over here, Ken, for a second, um, this part right here after the the cloudy stuff uh, is part of what they've opened up these things called hollow decks. Well, not that they're not calling them that. They're calling them like uh, VR theme parks, essentially. Yeah. And the idea here is that let me find. There's a longer. Uh, span of that in here somewhere um, that they're using some of that unlimited detail to uh, create this environment with which people can interact and then they they actually have like a hologram portion of it where apparently using only passive glasses that kind of filter light into some way that they won't say yeah. um, makes some of the wavelengths appear outside of the screen in front of you and you yeah. can actually walk all the way around it because huh. the way the projectors are set up, it sounds really, really cool. I'd like to go try it, but they apparently only exist in China and Australia All right. right now. Uh, both those places are far away. Um, so and Saudi Arabia will get it next. So yeah, it yeah. It's. I, don't I mean, know. I'm seeing people complain that it looks like it's all pre-rendered images. It, it sort of jumps in that way. That yes, it actually does look that way. Well, some of the and okay, that's disappointing from what the hype that they're giving us at the yeah. same time i really want to try this yeah i push it, it really them, looks interesting i push them very hard to say like you need to release something like a demo yeah. of something even it's not an sdk it doesn't have to be a developer kit it doesn't have to be like an engine ready for people to create things but you need to put out something that's like let people interact and see it because they've been talking about it for so long yep now and um, they ask for a lot of forgiveness on things. Not forgiveness. They ask for a lot of like, take it, like, trust me on this. This yeah, is how faith? we're doing it. Right? Believe what we yes, say. Yes, thank you. You'd think I'd know that term starting a church and all. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, we've got animations working. We, we, we figured out how to do uh, our own lighting because like all these things that were built, like these tools that were built to work on polygon based 3D models mm-hmm. don't work on point cloud based. 3D models. Yeah, they're not even accelerating with the GPU at all right now. No, it's completely CPU. Yeah, based. it's all CPU what they're yeah. doing. So it's it's interesting to hear them talk, and and they're still Bruce is still a little bit vague in some areas uh, that I wish that they were not. Yeah, one thing that they're well, pushing they were vague five years ago too. That's true. One, one yes. thing that they're pushing for for this specifically now is that like their rendering method would work better in some cases for some things you would look at in VR. Right. Yes, for like, example, um, uh, bump like, mapping. Yeah, bump map. Usually, there's a bump map. Doesn't it's just, work. It's just it's actually a flat texture, but it's just it's manipulated in such a way where it looks like it's 3D to you when you're just in the environment, in the right. game environment or whatever. But if you're in VR, some of that stuff breaks because yes. it's, yeah. you know it looks the same kind of 3D flat way to both of your eyes that yeah. are trying With to look at something. strange specular lighting applied to yeah. it. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm. And, and there now, are three lights. But to counter that, I think you have to be really right up on something. No, Jeremy, there notice, are four. To notice that difference. Like, uh, I don't it, know the answer to that. If, if, most of the, if, most, if you have a bump mapped thing that's just in the distance, 
like the wall they that's a little bit far away. Flying bump mapping until you're getting close. Because the idea of bump well, mapping is that you have a flat texture that you want to appear to have geometry on it. You're yeah. faking the ge- the geometry of a yeah. texture. But, but right? Right so up- it's like as a as you're like looking across a wall, yeah. perpendicular to a wall, you want it to look like it has stones that are coming out of it or something like that. But by right up on it, I mean like so close to it that the directions that your two eyes are looking at it is different enough to where it's things are going weird in your head with the bump map. Right? I, I think in VR they're not applying a bump map at all. Oh, that would be my guess. In games and stuff, I would, I would, I would think so. That's... I'm pretty sure. No, they, they are. go to normal maps. I think th- I don't think they apply bump maps because, like, the whole idea is that it would break it. Like, if you ever came across one, it would break it. Yeah. And if and if there's no benefit to your eyes to see it, why bother even doing the processing for it? I'm, my argument is just I don't think it breaks it that badly. To it, the point I mean, where it, it does. I don't think it breaks it so that they're not using. I think it absolutely does. Mm, okay. Because, I mean, I don't know. Josh, input. Yeah, uh, bump maps aren't really used much anymore. It's uh, shading, geometry shading, uh, tessellation, and normal mapping. Okay. So then if there's all the solutions for it that are not bump maps that are already there, then why is that a big argument? But those may not also work for... Yeah, I don't know. For VR side of things. I mean, the... I think this is really interesting. Josh, what are your thoughts on this this Euclidean engine stuff? You know, it was, it was impressive, what, four, five years ago? Yep. And it was interesting, especially because we were, you know, facing some real computational issues of higher levels of geometry. And those have not exactly been solved, but there are enough workarounds that people are not complaining about it. It's like, remember back in 2004, 2005, the pointy no. heads in Doom? You had, you know, these these heads that are only, you know, 30 or 40 triangles, but they applied a normal map to them. And so they kind of had features and stuff to them, but they still had a pointy head. Yep. It, it It's, you know, geometry is at the point where you've got 150,000 triangles a scene. And for most people, that's that's perfectly fine. Right. Um, I will. I will. Could. Go ahead. I would say I will counter that uh, included in in the video that Euclidean released last week. Here's an example of your bump. Yeah, there's maps, the bump the maps. That's what it looks like in 2D, and then in 3D they will show it, and like you, you just I can't apply a a a, a map to it when there's two yeah. directions. Like you can't. Yeah, I, I would say you could do it just using the center. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, the. They have a, they have a, they have a quote a video f- of Michael Abrash talking about needing a two or three order of magnitude increase in geometry processing in order to make VR um, palatable towards the future, right? Yeah. And so and that's his Bruce. Yeah, because you've Bruce's always got there. two different viewpoints to any single. Well, yeah, that I mean that texture that helps it, but I mean look at something like Nvidia's. Um, multi-pass shading or multi-pass geometry i forget what the name of it was um that, that would that would cull some of that but abrash uh, simultaneous even, multi-projection they were talking about like the, the closer you can get to things and, and when you have direct interaction with them yeah. in a vr system like polygonal structures that aren't very high polygon count stand mm-hmm. out more um, i think abrash uses the term they look like cheesy stage show effects or something to that Right, and he just, he's just calling for a higher geometry capability. And in theory, the unlimited detail engine, the Euclidean engine, would would offer an unlimited amount of geometry detail. 
Um, depending on, you know, we go into more stuff in the story about like whether or not you create the, uh, what they basically, the two ways they have to create their data is to scan the real world through mm-hmm. laser scanners or take a, like an incredibly high poly count object and convert it to point data and then yeah. move on. You know, it, it's kind of like a supercharged voxel. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's voxels. They talk about um, sparse oxal voctri- uh No, sparse voxel octrees is, is part of the algorithm Octrix, they use for yes. searching, which was a term I first heard from uh, John Carmack in, an, in, a, in an interview I did with him on ray tracing way back in the day. And in this interview I do with Bruce, he talks about the similarities of the path tracing algorithm of ray tracing versus the point searching algorithm. Yeah, uh, it should be very similar with. for, but he says like, we don't use any point. We don't use any multiplier divides. It's only ads and really subs. Yeah. Like it's, it's super. Well, that's, that's why, why they can, can run use on the, uh, that's why it's coming straight from storage instead of going through Ram. Yeah. Cause it, it it's designed to be that way. Yep. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they can deliver. And the interesting thing is, after five years, they actually have a couple of these hollow parks. Yeah. So, hey, they've actually got something. Someone yeah. will be able to go out there and actually see it at some point. I would like to see. And tell us. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if there's anybody in Australia that is in, on the Ivory Coast, or no, is it the Golden Coast side? Uh, both Ivory uh, and Golden are Africa. No. Right? What's the, what's the uh, uh, western Gold side Coast. of Australia yeah. called? I don't remember. Victoria. I know, but you just alienated everyone in Australia, so... That's fine. If anybody in Australia... Damn it, it's been too long since internet, I've been to Australia. Uh, has tried it, I would love to hear feedback. And I also wonder, in those um, kind of theme park things, how much of the experience is the the unlimited detail engine versus how much of it is the hologram VR stuff that's going on. And if you, if you could just do it in, in you know standard polygon rendering, and would it be any different... Uh, necessarily so uh, check out that interview if you're interested in that and i think uh there was a story at hard ocp an interview at hard ocp that uh, jeremy linked to as well so let's get to our yeah because last... you didn't tag your story properly so it didn't come up when i searched for it i didn't have a story at all oh that video was from surprise yeah i just added the. i was going to write a news post and then i saw that you had written one so i just added my video to your post yeah. Uh, two more news stories before we get here. Josh, anything – what's interesting about this uh, bit that Tim posted, Global Foundries adding a 12-nanometer node to their roadmap? Okay, so a couple years back, <clears throat> Kitty says hi. <laughs> hi, Kitty. Your master yeah, get it, is looking down upon you. Yes, well, she's going to jump to the other chair now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ready? One, two, three, jump. Good Kitty. So anyway, uh, before FinFETs hit, uh, the the SOI group developed a product called FDSOI, fully depleted SOI. And they threw it out to the industry and said, hey, this is a really good thing. Uh, you're going to go way past uh, bulk silicon performance, and uh, you don't have to apply FinFETs to this. And nobody listened to them except SD Micro. SD Micro developed a 28 nanometer FDSOI process. And it kind of kicked ass. But the problem was they were the only one who developed it, and they had it in a fab that was like 5,000 wafer starts a month, which is not a lot. 
that's not a lot at all for any kind of mass-produced products. I mean, they showed off some uh, Cortex-A series products running at like near 3 gigahertz at the time when, you know, people in the bulk processes were were hitting 2 to 2.2 gigahertz. I mean, uh, and they pulled down low power. Uh, they were able to apply back bias. So, um, you know, power at idle was extremely low. Mm. And so, but Sounds nobody all embraced this. They they thought, okay, well, we're going to, don't worry about FDSOI because you're looking at about 30% increase in wafer prices. We're just going to do this 20 nanometer planar bulk silicon, and I think it's going to work out. Well, guess what? It didn't. <laughs> but nobody invested in FDSOI because, well, there's been like, only a handful of, of groups that have used it. even PDSOI, which is the previous technology, partially depleted. Right. And that's like AMD and IBM were the main consumers. And there were some R, you know, RFSOI type uh, applications that, that did use that stuff. But everything else was kind of bulk. And Intel decided to do, you know, we're going to stay with bulk. We're going to do FinFETs. Except what they didn't tell you is that FinFETs are based on a fully depleted layer and you think back and it's like why why did we avoid all this when we could have done like a 20 nanometer fd soi and gotten the same performance and and scaling as 22 nanometer uh finfed right well it didn't work out that way but the technology is there it's less expensive to do planar still than to have a longer development cycle to do FinFETs. Um, so they have released a 28 nanometer FDSOI, Global Foundries have, that's based, I think, off of ST Micros. They're now introducing a 22 nanometer FDSOI that they call 22FDX. Uh, that's the product name. And they've announced this next generation, what, 12, 12. FDA, yep. FDX. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not going to be out for a while. So you're looking at late this year for 22 FDX. Um, you can, I think, get 22, 28 FDX now. But who's going to do that? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you can do a lot of lower-end ARM stuff and get really, really good low-power performance out of 28 FDX. Uh, 22, again, it's coming later this year. But it's nice to see 12 FDX. It's it's an option for some of these lower power, lower cost uh, products that you don't have to do FinFET design for, which adds complexity to the entire design. But you can still get near FinFET performance at these much smaller geometries. So, you know, they always talk about Internet of Things, you know, IoT stuff, uh, utilizing this because they're low power, they're they're good enough performance. And uh, they're still small enough that you can get, you know, hundreds of chips per wafer. So everything is is relatively oh. inexpensive. And you don't have to do FDSOI, which is a more complex process to be able to lay down all these layers and, and get them to grow properly. So that's kind of what Global Foundries is doing. And it's unfortunately they only kind of decided to do that about two years ago because it takes a long time to develop these processes. If they had decided four years ago... You know, maybe we would have seen FDSOI GPUs, uh, you know, 
two years ago rather than the FinFET stuff we are seeing now in lower quantities than perhaps we would want. Yes. But, you know, hindsight being 2020, people didn't go that way. Fair because enough. SOI has always been kind of a niche and, and only AMD and IBM have really embraced it. Yep. Interesting. Timelines suck. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, last, uh, I didn't see what this was, Jeremy, but I, it looked interesting. I, NVIDIA announced, I guess, was this two days ago? Yesterday? Oh, uh, yesterday. Yesterday, uh, new HPC cards, I guess. Oh, yeah. What, what are we looking at here? What's interesting about these? Uh, new Pascal. Okay. Uh, new Pascal that's looking very, very tasty for people that are into high-performance computing. So if you're trying to translate speech-to-text or recognize faces in pictures, that sort of thing, this is your go-to card because the uh, performance is just ridiculous. So these uh, are GP104, GP102 based? Um Okay, so we, we we have a general idea of what the performance levels of these cards are, I guess. Except in these ones, it's the 8-bit. Uh, oh, when you're doing neural network, oh, okay. All right. you want 8-bit. It, it, it's diminishing returns if you go more than 8-bit. It takes a lot more time to calculate it. Well, the sure. answers you get aren't that much more specific. Yeah, the but, way they're pitching... Uh, depends on your workload. The I'm way sure. they're pitching these cards is... You train the neural net on like a Tesla P100 or very high-end GPUs, and when you need to run images through the neural net, you use like a P40 because it's, yeah. super, it's super efficient at in eight and recognizing stuff and can just okay. chew through all of that. All right. And so they're also putting a little bit of a program beside this as well so that you don't have to call on these guys until you actually need them. So the idea is that we can do local processing, uh, be it for security reasons or just because you're under a time crunch. And get a decent answer. Or you can lease these cloud products because th- these things are going to be expensive enough that you're probably <laughs> going to be leasing a company that has a whole bunch of them as opposed to buying one. Right. But if you actually do need good answers, boom, you, you can head out to the old cloud. <laughs> answers. And it will rain down upon you in a more accurate way than you would be handheld. It, it's, it's interesting that they're actually sort of doing a divide between the business models where... We, we know these are going to be leased by the high-end data centers, and we know that you guys need the slower ones, or at least cheaper ones. Right. <laughs> and are sort of splitting it out that way. And so this is the next generation that's coming up. Jensen's obviously very excited about it, and the processing power behind it is pretty damn impressive because at, uh, what is it, 47 teraops. Uh, at 8-bit. Yeah, at 8-bit. That, that's... Just an ungodly number. Nice. It, it really is. Nice. So we'll be seeing those, but not in our systems. Yeah. Cool. Uh, picks of the week. Let's get to that. Uh, mine is, so I recently uh, installed my Xbox One S, which is the new slimmer Xbox One uh, that I didn't know at the time. I guess Ken informed me last week. That it has a 4K Blu-ray player in it. It's like barely written on the box it's or like, anything. It's not. It's, it's not written on the box at all. <laughs> yeah. It's it lists 4K and HDR output. 
You would, you would but figure. It, but it doesn't have – and it has a regular Blu-ray logo. Yeah. But it does not have a 4K Blu-ray or a I, UHD I don't, Blu-ray. Is there a separate logo? I don't know. But there should be like because yeah. they're different discs. They should just say formats. that it does it on the box because yeah, like, you know, potentially you're shopping. Like, I thought you were lying to me because I went over and looked at the box. I go, ah, no. Maybe he was thinking about Scorpio whatever and yeah. kind of put it back down. And I did research for whatever. Um, well, I went back. I turned it on. Uh, I bought Mad Max and uh, one of the the X Men movie or something. Apocalypse. Strawberry shortcake. Yeah, strawberry shortcake. Uh, whatever it was. So I put in Mad Max uh, on Sunday or whenever it was, and <laughs> lo and behold, I go into the just it, it like starts to play the movie, and I'm like, well, how do I know what mode I'm working? I go back into the Xbox settings, and it's only running at 1080p. So I go to switch it to 4K, and like I have all these X marks about like your TV doesn't support 4K. Uh, you can't display 4K output. You can't do games at, output, at 4K. You can't do video at 4K. Blah blah blah. But blah, your TV blah. does support all those things. Yeah, and as it turned out, I looked at my receiver, and it supports 4K 30. Yeah. But it doesn't do 4K 60 HDR 10 bit any of that type of stuff. So right. even though I had so just so it wasn't HDCP. It was just no. It wasn't copy protection. that's doing okay. it. It's just like. It has to have the capability for to to read the stuff. Like, yeah, it, it it didn't it di- didn't didn't handle it. Yeah. So, um, I started asking about new receivers, uh, and uh, Sebastian pointed me to accessories for less, which sounds like a website I would never have purchased from. Yeah, ever right. Uh, but he s- tells me this is the official kind of refurb outlet for some of these higher end brands like Denon and Onkyo. And those guys. So I ended up picking up this, the Denon uh, AVR S910W, 7.2 channel, 95 watt uh, receiver. Uh, it's pretty much the same kind of capabilities that I had. Otherwise, I was like looking at the backs of receivers. It's yeah. still, oh, that's pretty hey, it, It's got the ESS Sabre DAX in there. Yeah, yeah. and audio guys tell me that's oh, good. Oh, and it's got old posts too. Hell yeah, it's Post got Post connections at the bottom. Plus it's got Wi-Fi antenna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got it in today. I'm going to install it. Uh, but, you know, key here is, is as we look through, search for the words 4K. Uh, this is HDMI 2.0A, 4K Ultra, 60 Hertz, 444, pure color, uh, even just 21 by 9 aspect ratio, HTCP 2.2, uh, mm. all that type of stuff. So it is it is ready. And hopefully can just get a firmware update for the future the near future, at least, of new standards. The 8K? <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. This is, honestly, if I were making a recommendation for anybody buying TV stuff, I would say not to buy TV stuff, don't buy receivers, don't buy any of that for the foreseeable future. Give it a year to, like, where the, the HDR is going to be at, yeah. what are the uh, OLED technologies going to be at. The, the um, Dolby or yeah, the... all the certifications. Yeah, whatever that they're yeah, going to need to like, level out before I would recommend actually buying things. But, but from a receiver this, level, that's transparent because they're just using HDMI. Yeah, but mine was yeah. using HDMI and it could do 4K, but it could only do 4K 30, right? So is there going to be something that's like, this doesn't have enough bandwidth yeah. to, to handle or something going forward? I don't know. Probably, maybe not, but... Um, this meets the current maximum specs mm-hmm. of any of that type of stuff, uh, and it's so it's a refurb. It's paid three hundred forty nine bucks for it, which I think it's five seventy nine on Amazon. So you know, a, a, good, a deal, good deal discount. Hopefully everything works. Hopefully properly. everything works. Is it uh, a full it, warranty? Or? It's got a one year warranty on it and everything. Oh, that's yeah, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, and it, and it shipped that day. I ordered it. It showed up two days later. Like no complaints at all about uh, about cool. the service. So I'll I will report back for you guys. Next. 
Well, I'm really glad that display technology is not getting more complex. Definitely not. <laughs> so that's, yeah, uh, that would just be silly. Listen, we all wanted better monitors from the HDMI stagnating 2. thing. HDMI 2.1 could have variable refresh. We might be able to run at 24 yep. hertz or something like that, right? Like uh, all these. Does it support you know. HDR? Uh, the receiver it's, does. Yeah, it it's mentions supposed to HDR yeah. specifically. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Lee has reviewed uh, the Supernova series uh, with the platinum and the gold because, well, they're awesome. But I spotted a bronze for us uh, people up in Canada that was actually at an amazingly decent price. It's kind of limited time, being new egg and all. Yeah. But uh, a 750-watt bronze-certified PSU at 60 bucks after all the uh, discounts up here is pretty damn good. And considering the... Bronze and the platinum, or, or sorry, the platinum and the gold have had such great reviews. The bronze isn't going to be quite as good, but you're only paying sixty bucks for it. It's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's less than the hundred and sixty dollar one we just talked about. That's for I, sure. Yeah, and that would be northwards of nine of three hundred bucks here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, hey, and it Canadian comes with a power on self tester power supply. All right. cool. Nice. Next, me. Rush. Do we have to? Just, just don't even mess with Notepad on Windows. Yep. Just download this. I agree. It's that was it's, me like last week. I mean, okay. Say, say you're working on a comp file in uh, in Apache, and you download that to your machine, and you just want to edit it, but it just looks like crap, and you can't go through it, and it's just. Garbage in Notepad. Well, Notepad plus plus adds so many nice features, and it allows it to work with so many other things like R and Linux and Apache. Yeah, and it's free. Yeah, and so if you're doing anything that requires you to actually get in there and not push buttons or radio <laughs> dials, this is a must-have for anybody. Doing that kind of work. So, Josh, did you know yes. it does tail minus F now? It'll actually yes. do active log files. Yeah, you, you can. Point, I, I picked this like. Wait, why do I want to do that? Ago. Oh, oh, well, if, if you've got issues okay, with whatever you. server you're running, yeah. I see. and you want to oh, no. see the active whatever log files, client you've got running because your client's got yeah. Notepad plus plus installed on it. I'll just update you in. Open up one little tab that does a tail minus F on it. And then you keep working. And I come back in two hours and I see what happened. But yes, damn good pick. Thank you, Jeremy. And Alex. Choosing myself. All right, so uh, even though I have decided I'm not going to get the phone that might need this thing, uh, it got me looking around, and I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. So like the new iPhone, you need this $40 adapter to charge and listen to the audio at the same time. Unless you're using wireless headphones, yes. Yes, which annoyed some people that use aux jack in oh, their yeah. car, right? Sure, yeah. Like for my car, like I don't have Bluetooth, right, on my head unit, right? I have an aux input, so if I was to get that phone, like they'd be kind of annoying. And then I thought, well, there's like I've like rented cars that just had a you know, USB jack on them mm-hmm. that you plug in, it charges your phone, and the audio just magically goes to the stereo, like over the thing somehow. I mean, it's right? not magic, but yeah. I was like, so surely somebody has made an aftermarket <laughs> thing that can just add this functionality to a car. Sure. And turns out somebody has. So it's this, uh, like, iSimple is the company. It's listed a little funny on this 
Amazon link. Yeah, but a lot of times. Like they ha- it's it's supposed to be retail for like sixty five bucks or something, but Amazon has these things for like thirty seven bucks. It's just it's a little it's basically a little module that has a USB port on it and it, you provide it plus twelve volts on ground from your car. You have to be like, you know, car stereo install level technical ability here. Right. This is not just like plug into your cigarette lighter thing. Like you have to you know <laughs> It has two RCA jacks for like the left and right that you have to plug into somewhere in your car. Right, so you have right? to adapt to plug into somewhere in your car. It, you have to do what? You have to adapt the RCA jacks, the mini jacks, to plug it in. Uh, if, if you only have, have RCA's, if you only have them, like like if I went behind my head unit, there is a RCA. pair of RCA's. Yeah, sure. Right. So some, some of them will have that. Or you can just adapt that to uh, you know phono. Stereo. But, I would adapt you know. it to an FM transmitter so that you have to turn your car on. These guys actually make 9. that. No. These guys actually make that. This is the RCA out version. Yeah. Okay, great. I, um, but I, this just adds that same functionality. So and it's and it's a uh, 2.4 amp charging, which is way faster than any Rental just USB port in the dashboard I've yeah. ever seen charge. Uh, my yeah, my solution know. to this was about a year ago. I got a aux to Bluetooth adapter that I use in my car. Yeah. And it works really well. It was the Aki one. It's like 20 bucks. Yep. And you can get that. You yeah. still have to charge, like, your phone with something else. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's your phone connects to Bluetooth to this device. And then it connects to the aux jack. Yeah. Okay. So 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 they actually give you a 2 by 2.4 amp USB cigarette light adapter. So you plug the USB that power for the Bluetooth in and... into it, and then you can plug your phone into it as well. They give you a dual port yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, so they do make those. If you don't, If you don't want to go to the level of installing a usb port okay. into your car like i the, don't like yeah like ken just has a thing that just plugs into his sure. cigarette lighter sure. and just does that stuff you still have to run wires to and from it obviously like the yeah. wire to your phone and the other wire to your aux jack right depending on where your aux um, jack is yeah. it's not too bad it's more yeah. simple for you ryan you just shove them both into the battery and it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it just charges but he just rubs it on the bottom of his car and since there's so many batteries in the pack there, it just charges. Right, right. I did, it's like osmosis. <laughs> osmosis for yeah, battery yeah, yeah. charge, yes. Yeah. No, inductive. By the way, it was the Gold Coast, Queensland. It was the Gold yes, Coast. It's Queensland. It's the Gold Coast. Which was the second thing curious. I said, by the way. Anyhow, so yes, this thing is uh, like iSimple. You just look, if you're Googling for it, just like look for USB aux input, whatever. They also make, they make a lightning-only specific version, but I would not buy a thing that had a permanently attached lightning cable. Especially when they come out with Lightning Two next year. <laughs> well, I, I just wouldn't do that because, like, if the end of the cable goes, you just you bricked your like, you know, fifty dollar thing that you had to install in your car somewhere. Right. Like that would be really annoying to like rip your dash back apart to swap out the aux jacks just because like your Lightning cable broke. Yeah. So this one seems safer. It's a regular USB connection, and it also works with Android. So if you have a buddy in the car that has yeah. an Android, nope. phone, you can just. Not allowed. <laughs> you know, like, this is Apple's secret plan to not to prevent people who have Android phones from playing audio and people who have I, I iPhones cars. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't yeah. they supposed to release a car this year? Uh, they just fired all their cars. Yeah, they laid so. off like oh, a crap load they, of those I people. Didn't see that. Uh-huh. Weird, yeah. huh? Turns that, out maybe we don't get involved in all those car accidents. Turns out you can't just make way. a car. <clears throat> Weird. We removed the steering wheel. From this car. Self-driving, you don't need it. Uh, all right, and everybody. the brake pedal. Yeah. <laughs> and the brake pedal. And the headphone jack. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's wireless. It's a, there's a W1 chip in the car. There is no perfect wireless we, we had the courage to remove the aux input from this car. 
The, we still have a gas extra pedal. Extra space for it charges. Yes. We need it costs an extra $1 space. every time you use it, but we still have a gas pedal. Extra space for battery. Everything, every little bit counts. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. This has been uh, the PC Respective Podcast. Uh, go to pcper.com slash podcast. We're going to find all the back episodes, RSS feeds, video downloads, audio downloads, YouTube links, etc. Uh, we encourage you to do that. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week, guys, um, for another podcast thing, yeah. I guess. With racing thing. gear. Oh. Yes? There's there's a request for someone to read the Patreon that they just donated. Before, oh. before, <clears> before, before we, we actually end on this the thing. thing. Okay. okay. Oh, it, it, there's actually a very insistent request. Yeah. <sighs> it better be good now. Because uh, now there's build So up. they've edited their pledge from $10 to 1984. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, I see. Trend. I see where this is. I see where <laughs> I this is going. Appreciate that. Does that coax Wi-Fi device work in an apartment? <laughs> is that the name of the pledge? That's the name of the pledge. <laughs> I like it. This is how we should take all questions. Does from that now on. coax the Wi-Fi device work <laughs> in an apartment? 1984. Um, nice. it should work in an apartment. Yes, the coax Wi-Fi device. And not only that, but you can then plug in your own coax thing and and sniff. Who else is in that apartment building using? If they're the using an, if they're using the same adapter, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. No one's using Mocha, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, everybody's <laughs> using. Like, students can afford Mocha. All of your receivers are using Mocha, but like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I would, I would assume an it would work. Building satellite, it would work in an apartment. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yes, if that's a way you want to submit your questions, I highly encourage you to do that. To do that on future episodes. Uh, so again, PCPro.com says podcast. We will be back next week, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm Jeremy Helstrom. I'm Mocha Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. Good night.